You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses special edition podcast. Uh, what is about to follow is an excerpt from this week's podcast. Liv and I meandered into a discussion about the 10th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, and with a little poking and prodding, Liv reluctantly but eloquently retold the tale uh, of his experiences uh, living in New Orleans um, during and following Hurricane Katrina. So, hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. All I gotta say, because I guess we gotta commemorate this. This week is the tenth anniversary of Katrina, and I've had it up to my ass in Katrina retrospectives. Yeah, like what? How do you like? What's a retrospective consist of? Because it's such a a dark time, man. Well, there's a million articles on the internet on every friggin' website ever, you know, about it. You know, I read a couple of them. You know, one about the UNO basketball team on ESPN.com, University of New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then they had on Grantland, they had a good article about the 2005 Tulane football team, which was actually kind of cool because I drove up to the first game, my dad and I, they, you know, because they couldn't play here and they were all over the place. They were like, well, we're going to play a home game and. Shreveport at Independence Stadium, the home opener against Mississippi State. So my dad and I, we drove way the hell up there, you know. That's like five hours away. Right, right. You know, and went to see the two-lane home opener in Shreveport, Louisiana, where they played Mississippi State, you know. And then we did go see a game at the uh, – they played Division One AA school, southeastern Louisiana. They played them at LSU Stadium. We went to that – but those are the only two we went to. But, you know, it was kind of crazy. But but everything, like the local news, like the station I watch, you know, every morning they're at a different place that was affected by the hurricane going on from there. And then every night this week, you know, they run – normally they have the 6 o'clock newscast and at 6.30, like Inside Edition comes on. Well, 6.30 this week, every night's been – at a new place that's been renovated since they were at the Superdome the other day tonight. There were some theater. It's just, and then all the articles on the internet and everything. And it's just like, I don't need to hear the term Katrina again, you know, right. It's just fatigue, you know? And I actually was here when the hurricane, I was literally here when the hurricane passed. I remember, you know, I remember. I'm so, but it's just like Obama was here today. You know, he was in town for like five or six hours today. Bush is going to be here tomorrow. Bill Clinton's going to be here on Saturday, which is technically the 10th anniversary of when it hit. Okay. You know, but it's like, all right, once we get to Sunday and the Saints kick off for that damn preseason game at three o'clock, can we officially quit? Well, they'll probably be talking about doing that. that. So I guess Monday we can quit talking about Katrina and just forget about it. You know, right? <laughs> I mean, I know there's people still affected, all that yada yada yada. Oh, that's insensitive, blah blah blah. But it's just like, I don't know. It's just too much, man. I just don't need to hear it anymore. It's like, uh, you know, like I watched a 
the local news station did like a documentary about the days following uh, Katrina. And since then, like an hour long last week, it was called 10 days, 10 years, you know, it was t- talking about everything from the fir- the few days before the hurricane and until after it hit, you know, basically it's length of 10 days, you know? Right. And I'm watching, and I was just like, oh, man. For one, a lot of stuff, I didn't see TV for days, so some of the footage was still new to me that they were showing on there. But the other side, I was like, oh, I really don't need to see this again, you know? Yeah, no, I can imagine. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just just kind of too much, you know? I remember, and I'm trying to look through it, not that you'd want to hear it, but... Uh, you had sent an email out. Yes, my Jeremy ad. What is it called? <laughs> a Jeremy ad. That's right. <laughs> what? You can look up the technical definition of that. What is it might that? not be the exact word for it. What is that? Like an epic account? Uh, I mean, it's more like kind of like a screed, but let me tell you exactly what a Jeremy ad is. A prolonged lamentation or complaint. Also, a cautionary or angry harangue. <laughs> and I, I'd say that was a prolonged lamentation. <laughs> I um, I, I thought it, it, I thought it was poignant. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was written all. That was I wrote that from my uncle's house in Chattanooga. You know, the first time I was able to get technology. Well, the buzz around those uh, who were following you from afar were that you um, that you stayed to take care of the bird. That's what. Well, yeah. That's what the translation of the telephone game was. Well, I didn't stay to take care of the bird really as much as I stayed because I didn't think anything would happen. Well, <laughs> but by the time it came back to us, it was yeah. you were at home defending the bird from looters. That's, <laughs> well, <no. laughs> that's what our imagery of you was, you know, yeah, yeah. standing in knee deep or waist deep water, shirtless, holding the bird in the dark, <laughs> protecting the homestead. But in reality, your parents' house was um Metairie's high on it. Metairie's high, right? It's not high but slightly higher where we were. Okay. All right. So you The water the when the it started flooding back there but stopped I think about two blocks behind my parents' house. Okay. You know? So but like by the time we got out of there, that is a funny story though. My sister and I you know, everything went down. I guess it was early Monday morning. And it was like Wednesday. Finally, we're like, all right, we'll leave. You know, we haven't been able to get in touch with our parents because they were in Mississippi and they were cut off too, you know? Right. Basically, we're playing telephone with my brother Chris in Colorado who could call us on the landline, but we couldn't call out. Okay. You know, and there was no cell service. And, um, but I remember I talked to Chris. I'm like, well, we got to get out of here. I was like, I don't know what we're going to do, you know. And, and he's talking to me. I was like, I guess, Joe, I can give him a bunch of food. But, you know, he's like, he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, Joe, if you're going to do that, 
if you're not going to take him, you might as well just let him free. You know, we had a military macaw. He's died since. Okay. Which sucked. Or it turned out she was a, it was a she, but we didn't know that because you can't sex a bird generally, you know? Right. It wasn't until years ago when she laid eggs, we were like, oh, it's a girl. Right, um, right. But, uh, so like, oh, well, fuck. I, I was like, I'm not letting this bird go free, you know? Right. And it's a big ass bird, you know? Yeah. One of those green macaws. So, so we had a kennel, so I put Joe in the kennel, <laughs> you know, I had a transfer from the kennel. Um, at the time, my mom had chickens living in the backyard, you know, so she had like a little coop back there, you know, I was like, well, I don't know what to do, you know, chickens, are, some chickens, we just ripped back the, uh, the wire on the coop and just let them run free in the backyard, you know? Yeah. Because it's like the chickens can survive. They'll just pick around the backyard for worms and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so so we did that. And my little si- – my so it was my sister Mari and I, you know? Yeah. That were the only ones there at this point. But my sister Mimi and Sloan, you know, she they were – they were staying up in the upstairs bedroom and they had these two cats because they had just moved back from Natchitoches where my sister was getting her uh, her uh, master's in, in clinical psychology. So they had just moved back. So they had these two cats when they were up there and they left not when they left. They went to Mississippi, but no one was going to nobody who went to Mississippi. Like when my mom went, my sisters went and stuff, my sister and, you know, her husband and Sloan. They weren't gone over there thinking they were gone over there for a hurricane because no one even knew it wasn't even. I, I think it was Friday itself when when they came out, I was like, oh, it's actually heading for us now. They were just going over there to go over there, you know. Right. So they didn't think about, oh, we got the cats. But but then we're like, oh, we got to get these cats. And we just had this one little carrier, you know. And one one of them is a fat orange cat who they who my sister still has. That cat's got to be like twelve or thirteen years old now. And the other one was like this black wiry one, who was really quick, you know. And it was a real pain in the ass to get her because she can jump in high spots and she was fast. <laughs> and uh, and what I remember was this is bad. We we finally got uh, we couldn't get. We could get the orange one. That one was easy, you know, because he's the fat cat. But the other one we couldn't get. And at one point, uh, we finally suckered the other one in. It was just this one little kennel. We had them both squeezed in there. And I picked it up by the handle. And we're like, finally, we got it. We can go. And uh, and I'm carrying the cat carrier by the handle in the house. And then the, it, it was a plastic handle and the friggin' weight of it. It falls to the ground. I'm just holding on to the handle. Oh, my God. And it busts open, and the cats run off. And I'm like, fuck. Were, were, you know? were you inside or outside? We were inside the house. Oh. I was like, fuck, we got, got to do this all over again. <laughs> it took so long getting that cat. And I remember my sister and I, we were just we were sitting on the front porch, and we are just like, all right, well, let's just chill here because we got to wait for that cat to get comfortable again, and we can sneak up on her or something, you know? Right. And this lady comes running up to us, and she's like, <laughs> "She's like, watch out! Uh, uh, the flooding's coming this way." And we were just like, 
oh, okay. You know, like really <laughs> nonchalantly. You probably thought like, why the fuck don't these people care? Right. Because we didn't care because we already knew we were leaving. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like, oh, well, fuck it. <laughs> but, uh, but finally we got the cat. So we had this a, an old Suburban at the time, so we loaded Joe in the back, you know, loaded the cats in there. Joe we put in the very back in the um, of the Suburban. We have him in this crate. and then, um, Was he pissed? No, he was all right. I mean, he might not have been happy at first, but he was... He was all right, good old Joe. Okay, and then um, and then we had the cats in the back seat. They were more pissed. They were like because they were in the cage, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then my mother had two sets of silverware that she inherited from her family. <laughs> so I was like, "Well, you, we gotta grab whatever's valuable," you know. So I went and grabbed the two sets of silverware. You know? Right. Because <laughs> I was like, if people loot the house, that'll be the first thing they take, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, uh, so he grabbed that. My mother's father died when she was five, and she had one photo of her with him. So I grabbed that because I was like, if anything happens to the house, you're never getting that photo back, you right, know? Right. So I grabbed that and a couple other photos and stuff, you know, just sentimental shit. You know, the, the silverware, a few photos, and we loaded up and we we had to drive to Picayune, but. But we had to drive this round of – so we were driving there, and we are trying to get on the interstate near our house, which is near uh, the interstate. To get on the interstate's at Causeway, uh, if you're looking at a map right. in Metairie, you know? Yep. There's an entrance ramp at Causeway. We'll go there, and that entrance ramp is underwater, you know? And they have cops out there telling you, oh, you got to go on the – which is the exit ramp. You know, get on the exit ramp to go on the interstate, you know? Okay. And the state cops are directing you out there. And right in the grassy area, you know, right next to, like, you know, big interstate ramp areas, you know? Uh-huh. You know, they got, like, a big grassy area. Right there. Like, mere, you know, like, less than a football field away from us. Blackhawk helicopters landing right there, dropping people off that they were plucking off of bridges and shit. In the flooded parts of the city. Holy shit. Yeah, it was friggin' insane. And and we got an interstate and we drove and you had to drive this whole other route because normally the way you would go in Interstate 10, they have a thing called the twin spans across the lake. Okay. It's part of Interstate 10. Well, the twin spans were literally blown over. Like the bridge was, the bridge, you couldn't drive on the bridge. All the different panels were literally blown over so you had to drive way the fuck up to baton rouge and then go back down to mississippi to get there you know right and when i got to baton rouge my cell phone start blowing up you know all the text messages from the past few days all these people from like boston and college and everything like live are you all right what's going on man because this is a month after I moved back from Boston on July 29th. This was on August 29th. It hit. Right. You know, so all these people I'd known up there, everybody's like, are you all right, man? And obviously they were wondering because they hadn't heard from me in days. You know, like, so it was, and so I just start sending out text messages to all these people like, hey, don't worry, I'm all right, yada, 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 evacuating now. You know, and we made it to Mississippi and eventually a little bit 
after that. I know the uh, – I think it was on Thursday we were there because I think Thursday is when the Saints might have played that preseason game against the Raiders in Oakland. I was pissed because the radio wouldn't even play the Saints game. And I was like, come on, man. Time like this, just play the fucking football game, you know? Right, you need something. Yeah, I was like, I can't listen to friggin' Ray Nagin yelling the whole time. Let's hear the friggin' football game. I was like, this would be so much better for people if they could hear this for three hours instead of friggin' them running down how terrible everything is in New Orleans right now, you know? Because yep. it was the local radio station doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but even before that, I remember the day the hurricane hit. You know, we stayed up all night. My brother, AJ, he had randomly showed up there with his girlfriend at the time and her kid and stuff, which really kind of pissed us off because he was all like, oh, I'm evacuating. And my sister and I had enough water for us, you know, like things like that. We weren't planning for multiple people. And he just showed up We're like, what? <laughs> Wait, he showed up in, in Picayune? No, no. He, this is, I'm going back to before. Oh, oh, oh okay. Now. Gotcha. Gotcha. The night before, he shows up to my mom's house. And uh, Mari and I were like, what the fuck? Because we're like, we only have so much water. You know, like we were, everything we had was based on us. You know? Right. Based on two people being there. Right. It gets real Hunger Games. Yes. I'm like, but, but eventually they left the next day, which was good. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but you know, you're not gonna yell at you, but oh, what are you doing here? You know, because it's a hurricane. But it was just like, dude, we got these three gallon jug of water. You know, like you, you know, of cold water, a fresh cold water right now. You know, like it's it's very limited resources for what you need. You know, right. And uh, you also learn how to be more resourceful after that, especially when you can't do stuff like using toilet. Right, I'm sure. But I had signed the lease on my apartment maybe like on the 23rd or 24th of August. And I had dropped all my boxes and everything off. I had moved the mattress, everything into the apartment, but I hadn't set up the apartment yet. Okay. You know? Well, um, so the hurricane comes. I stayed up all night. I kind of fell asleep a little bit. Fell asleep for a couple hours while it was actually blowing through, you know? Right. At one point, I tried to go out th- outside to film it. I was outside for like five seconds, and I'm like, dude, I could get hurt, you know, when it was blowing through. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but, but anyway, so it blows through, and we hear on the radio, because at that point, you know, that's all we had was ra- a battery operate radio. And you hear, I'm like, oh, looks like we really dodged a bullet. You know, it it didn't directly hit New Orleans itself. You know, there's wind damage and stuff, but looks like we dodged a bullet. Every for all intents and purposes, everything will be all right. You know? Yeah. And then it was like later in the day, you know, I remember listening to the radio and they're like, We're getting reports that there's a breach and a levee, you know, and then it's like, oh, and water's uh flooding, you know, water's coming out, you know, water's leaking. And then, and then it was like all hell broke loose, you know. Then you were hearing about, oh, there's a breach in this levee too. All these different levees that had breached, right? You know, and and then it was like the next day, next two days, the city was completely flooded. We had no clue what was going on, but we're listening to radio and people are calling in, people who are around town who are still here, telling what the situation's like in their neighborhoods and stuff. And at one point, we heard. Um, 
they're like, well, Uptown's fine. There's no flooding up here, and we got water. So my sister and I are like, well, because we were feeling so gross at this point. This might have been like on Tuesday or something, you know? Yeah. And we're like, well, let's go see if maybe we can go to my apartment, see if we can take showers, you know? And 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 where my apartment was didn't get water. It, it was totally dry there because it, it was right like three blocks away from the Mississippi River levee. And those weren't the levees that were busting, you know? It was the stuff on the lakes and drainage canals, you know? Okay. You know, the, the flooding came from the lake and it came from drainage canals. Uh, so... Uh, we're trying to go down there. So we're going down Jefferson highway, which leads to Claiborne, you know, because we're thinking this is the best way to go. And at one point we got there, we got, there was water. And I was like, and we were in the suburban and we're like, well, maybe we can go through this. And we got to a certain point. It was like, I don't feel comfortable going through this. And you saw it and there were trees blocking roads to get down the river. And it's like, Oh, we're never going to be able to get there. You know? Right. So we just turned around, came back and, I remember there was a uh, like a little conv- there was a convenience store there, like a circle. It probably used to be a Circle K, but now it's got some independent name, you know. Okay. And what I remember vividly seeing was all the people just looting the fuck out of that place, you know, like you know those cylinder like uh, cylinder like display cooler things where they put like beers and stuff in them yes like when you go to the convenience store and it's got like a little dome cover i just remember seeing like all these people just run out all kinds of shit out of this place real casually too but there's a dude just freaking pushing one of those things down the street it was freaking crazy man it was uh yeah it was and it was at that point it was like well we're just gonna have to leave town the next day because I probably would have stayed longer had I just been by myself, but my sister was really getting uncomfortable because it was hot. She hadn't bathed in days. She's like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. You know? Whereas I would have just been like, fuck it. You know? Yeah. I mean, even just from around here, from from Sandy, um, like, you guys must have just been crushed in terms of, like, gas. Oh, I'll tell you about that. Yes. Um uh, when we got the Picayune and we decided we had to drive to uh, – when we decided we were just going to drive up to Chattanooga to my uncle's house, you know, it was such a pain in the ass to get gas. It was a crunch everywhere. So we're driving up there and we knew we were going to have to get gas eventually. You know, we're in this fucking suburban, you know, with my <laughs> right. whole family. Man. You know, my mom, my dad um, – Mari and me, you know? Yeah. Mimi, Mimi, Damien, and Sloan had gone up there, like, I think the day before they had left to go up to Chattanooga. Uh, Josh was living in New York at the time. AJ, I think, was in Texas with his with his people. And my brother Chris lives in Colorado. So, right. So it was just us. We are going up there. And I remember we were in the town of Laurel, Mississippi. You know, it's like right be- – it's like between – Hattiesburg and Columbus, Mississippi, you know, okay. uh, gone up that way. And we were in line at this gas station and then they just shut down. They're like, sorry, we're closed. Like they were, I was like, are you fuckers serious? You know, they weren't out of gas. They just closed, you know, and they knew all these people were in line because of this. Right. You know, and they're like, and I was like, 
I yelled Sirius. It was like 7 o'clock or something at this point. It might have been 8 o'clock because it was still light out, but it was, you know, this time of year when it's lighter later in the day, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, wait, you fuckers are serious? They're like, yeah, we're close. And we were so close. And it was like, they're like, yeah, we're just close. We're not, we're not selling any more gas. And these assholes fucking turned us away. So fuck the city of Laurel, Mississippi, <laughs> you know, and their southern hospitality. Fuck you. But, um, but my buddy Colin, who you know, yeah. he was living in Ocean Springs when the hurricane hit. Okay. And, which is near Biloxi. And, you know, it was one of the areas that was wiped out, you know? Yeah. And he ended up in Meridian because the guy that he used to be in business with at the pizza shop who I worked for, James was living in Meridian now. So I got in touch with Colin. He he met us on the side of a road somewhere along the interstate. I don't even know where because it was like, we're going to need to get gas, you know? And he's like, well, I'll meet you here. And 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 it was before Meridian. And uh, and he was there with like five gallons of gas for us, you know? Wow, that's crazy, man. And, and we filled up the tank and then we drove on into Meridian where we were able to get gas, you know, it, we went over, you know, it was pretty crazy. And then we made it to Alabama and we stayed at this motel because my mom, you know, they're like, we just can't drive anymore, you know? Yeah. And uh, and my mother is not one of the people that wants anybody but herself driving, especially back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, she'd probably be like, you drive. But my mother was always like, she wants to drive. Right. You know? <laughs> right. So, uh so we we were at this hotel in Alabama, motel in Alabama, and you know we asked them like you know we're coming from here is it cool we have our bird with us and the cats and they're like no we didn't have the cats they the cats stayed in Mississippi they just loaded because that's a good thing about cats they can take care of themselves yeah so they just loaded up food and left them in Mississippi okay the cats you know yep so uh, you know we did have a dog with us. Uh, yeah, Winnie. Winnie was with us. But, um, because Winnie was only two years old back then. But we had the bird, and, you know, and they're like, yeah, that's fine. So we had the bird in the hotel room with us, you know. And the next day we ate at the little, the little diner attached, the little restaurant attached to the motel, you know. And this is, I even forget, I think it might have been Gadsden, Alabama, maybe. I'm not sure what it was. But, uh, the next day, like, I guess the owner of the restaurant, I don't know if he owned a motel too or whatever, but he can't, you know, we were sitting there eating and, and he was there and he started talking to like my mom and stuff. And he's like, Oh really? You know? And he, he, you know, he, he was so nice. He like, he's like, it's all right. Y'all don't have to pay for anything. You know, <laughs> he gave us everything on the house, you know? <laughs> and so wherever that was, I got to figure out where it was, but it was like, you know, those people were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And and everybody was so generous. Like I remember going to, um we were in Chattanooga. We go to we this is after we were there for a little bit, a couple of days. We went to a Chick-fil-A. You know, Chick-fil-A is they're all nice, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow it came up, you know, they're like, Oh, you from here they start talking to you and then uh you know, and they find out and the the, the manager of Chick-fil-A comes out and he's like, Oh, here you go, and he gives us all these coupons for free Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was like, and if to me, it felt weird accepting all this stuff, you know, but people want to give you stuff, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like Brian and them raised a bunch of money at the poor house and sent me a huge, big, fat check, you know, which I, I was so grateful for. But and in all honesty, I was like, oh, this isn't right for me, you know, you know, because that's how I feel about stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but that's what happened. I mean, I was a week in the law school, so I just deferred. You know, I ended up uh, after a while. I tried to look for like a, a regular day job, and places didn't want to hire you as a full time employee with the idea that they were that you were planning to go back to school anyway. You know, right? That's so when I you... ended up delivering pizza for a while. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Which made a lot of money because it was the Papa John's not far from where I live now, and it was the first place open. I probably start working for those guys in March. 2006 but i was making a like 700 dollars in cash a week Holy. you know how much i mean especially down here but 700 dollars in cash delivering pizza dude yeah i think i was working like 30 hours it was a pretty good deal yeah right that's a nice score yes not pay you know and they still pay you hourly so the only taxes i ever paid were out of that hourly check which was like a minimum wage check right meanwhile i was the cash was like Pure profit. <laughs> you walked around with a money belt. Yeah, I mean, I had this huge, big old wad of cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But um, but it was crazy. But, uh, but yeah, I do kind of have fatigue about hearing about it. But, yeah, now I can imagine. Yeah, but it was when I came back. I, we were in Chattanooga for a little bit, and I didn't, you know, my mom and we were all sick of being up there. You know, you're getting cabin fever. You're with other family members and then uh, came back. And then, I don't know, like when I wrote that email, that was right when we got up there. And that's when I was first seeing, like the first time we saw any images was when we got to that motel in Alabama, you know, which was like on a Thursday night or a Friday night, it must have been. And we turned on the TV and that's all it was. It was like, oh, this is how this looks. Because even though we were there, we had no clue how anything looked. Right, you know? right. And um, but you know, they were uh, everybody's talking about it. it's all coming out about writing off New Orleans. I was like, well, fuck that. I thought I might have been coming back to law school as a temporary stay here, mm -hmm. but I was like, I'm never leaving New Orleans. You know, right. at that point, right, right. You know, because I got kind of defensive about that shit. So yeah, no, I, 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 it came through in the email, and then having you know come back to Jersey myself as you know what I yeah. thought was a way, you know, just kind of a way station for for my next move, and there's something unifying about a, you know, about a disaster that that gives you a little, a little pride outside of the perspective, yeah. you know, because it doesn't yep. make sense financially to live in new jersey you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like but it's home it's home you know and and, yeah. and and every once in a while something happens uh that that reminds you of that so i i you know i respect that man i, I totally get yeah. it i totally get i it. mean i'll say this much i mean had i not decided to leave boston and come back here and that should have happened i might have not come back you know yeah yeah but just by chance that that's when it happened and I was living back here, you know, and it's just like, well, at this point, I don't want to leave, you know, right. it's like, you know, it's like, and, and the way I say it now is, you know, I'm, I'm, 
maybe I'll evacuate for a hurricane in the future, but if I do, it will be just to take like a vacation somewhere and use the evacuation as an excuse. <laughs> but as far, but if that's not the case, I'll never, I'll probably never friggin' leave because I'm like, I sat through, I sat in New Orleans or technically old Metairie on its worst day ever. I think I can handle any other day after this, you know? Yeah. So yeah. what incentive do I have to evacuate ever again? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the discomfort of friggin' taking dumps and friggin' garbage ba- and grocery bags and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> and burying your feces in the backyard. <laughs> All right. Then on that note, man, uh, with apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Buenas noches, Fredo.